Good morning. Pastor Tom here. Again, I am grateful that I can come to you um, through this medium and worship with you over YouTube. We, um, we are excited that we are in the middle of summer, and it's a beautiful place out here in the Grove at Fulmer. And I invite you to join us when you can uh, on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock here at Fulmer for our outdoor service right here at the pavilion or at St. John's it, um, at their pavilion outdoors also at 1030. Join us and come as you are and uh, bring a lawn chair if you want or you could sit at the picnic tables under the uh, pavilion. Today I want to thank, um, let's see, the Hirschberger kids, Claire, or actually just one, just Claire, and uh, Carol Ann um, Miller who's been our wonderful help this summer. Uh, they will take turns with me and lead our worship today. All right? And so, as we continue, I want to, um, I want to remind you that we continue to do the diaper drive, and I ask that you um, um, help us with that because there's so much need with, uh, um, for, for diapers. Not only are grocery stores running out, but with people losing their jobs and losing their sources of income to be able to uh, procure their own, we are needing to step up. This is a time when the church has asked to be a source of hope, to be a source of life. And this is one way in which we can do that. Also, we are uh, doing a uh, canned food drive, or we even collecting money for our, lo our local food shelf. If you are able to do so, I invite you to um, either drop the diapers or the food, non-perishable food items, at the parsonage or at uh, uh, at St. John's, where it, where the office for both the churches are, and we will take care of them and uh, we will bring it to the places that are in need. Uh, with the diaper, we are having a pop-up diaper. Um, uh, uh, giveaway on the Saturday, the 25th of July, in uh, basically next weekend. So join us if you are able to do. It's at 11 to 1 o'clock over at um, in Milton at um, Hands Up uh, Ministry there. So join us. Otherwise, drop off any size that you are able. Today, I want to um, wish Bruce Cromley and Robert Crick as they celebrate their birthdays. Robert Crick is one of our more senior members of our um, uh, parish. He's up in the upper um, 90s. So that's wonderful. And Bruce is, is um, it's not too far behind somewhere, be not too far behind in a couple few years behind Robert. So I am grateful that they are able to be with us and celebrate with us. Uh, and then I want to um, wish Lita and Robert Crick as they celebrate their wedding anniversaries. They are celebrating, if I'm not mistaken, 75 years of marriage. Isn't that awesome? I don't think I've ever met anyone celebrating 75 years of marriage. So I am thrilled. And Robert and Lita, I'm grateful and excited for you. And I hope this time, this celebration is wonderful and that we are going to celebrate it later. Okay, when COVID is over. All right. And I, uh, I invite you now to prepare your hearts and your minds as we now worship our Lord. Letting go of every single dream. I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering 
never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war, I confess. My hands are weary, I need your rest. Mighty warrior, king of the fight. No matter what I face, you're by my side. Tomorrow brings. There's not a day yet you have not seen us. So when all things be my life and bread, I want what you want, Lord, and nothing less. Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Faithful God, most merciful judge, you care for, you care for our children with firmness and compassion. By your spirit, nurture us who live in your kingdom, that we may be rooted in the way of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Hello. Okay, it's children's sermon time, and look, I got a whole posse of my peeps here, so let's uh, learn what their names are. Gunther. Jackson. Claire. Aaron. Carol Ann. Is that Kit? <laughs> That's Kit. He's our youngest uh, youth here in our church. Anyway, um, 
So, I want to ask you a question, right? How big is your family? How many people are in your family that lives in your house? Three. Three. Four. 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 Now, Same house. Oh, that's right. And you guys are brothers and sisters, right? Cool. And um, when you get together, when you're in the family, when one of you, do you guys ever get in an argument with your family members? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Who do you fight with? Yeah, really? Wow. We'll have to do some counseling later, okay? Uh, how many are in your family? Three. There's three, mm -hmm. including Cat. Yep. Oh, then we have a cat, yeah. Yep. Oh, you have a dog and you have a... Cat. Yeah. So, well, when, when one part of the family is fighting, right, does the rest of the family, are they happy? No, are they happy? No. Yeah, we're not happy, right? So when there's um, when, when one somebody's upset, usually the whole family's not happy, right? They're they're all, all also to some degree also upset, right? And so today in our go uh, not gospel, but in our first reading, we, we've been focusing on the letter from Saint Peter uh, to the Christians, and um, right in the middle of it, he talks about. Uh, how families should be, especially the mom and the dad, should get along, right? But really, in a, in a way, you could see it as a larger understanding of the whole family, that if we don't respect each other, the family isn't going to be healthy, isn't going to get along well. And and so what, do you know, do you, do you have any ways of, how do you make sure that you don't get into fights in your families? Do you have any ideas? Anybody? Yeah. When Aaron and I are getting in a fight, then I'll sometimes just walk into the other room and take a break. Okay. And get away from him. Get away from him. What do you guys fight about? Everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm on, if I can't find my iPad and she's like being mean about it, then we get in a fight. Yeah. It's usually because I ask him to do something and he doesn't do it. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're the only one um, that in our group that have siblings that fight. You have a sibling, Jackson? You have a brother? Yeah. Which one is that? It's Kit. Does he fight with you at all? No. Yeah, do you fight with your dog? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you fight with your dog? Yeah. What does your dog do? He just, he's annoying. He's annoying? But he's so cute. Sometimes. Do you ever get in an argument with your parents? Sometimes. About what, usually? Is it your dad's beard? <laughs> yeah. How about you ever get in an argument with your mom or your dad? No. No, you're right, uh-huh. <laughs> How about you guys? you get in an argument um, with your mom or dad? Sometimes, sometimes, but not a lot. Not a lot. Never. Good. Never? Aaron? Okay. Well, that's good. But the best way to go about it is just always, you know, to the, I think I like your idea, just give yourself some space, right? Because you know that one part of the family is not good. What do you do, Carol Ann, when you are about to have a fight with your dad? Um, I usually don't fight with my dad as much as I fight with my mom, oh, yeah. and I yell at her, but, you know, that's not good. And then yeah. we usually, you know, have a moment of anger, and then I apologize first, because I'm like, I don't want to be mad at my family. Stop grabbing the microphone. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, apology is really important. So, what uh, what Peter wants us to remember is that no matter how our life goes, our family 
is usually the most important thing in our lives, right? And if we don't have our family, we really don't have anything. And so it's really important to keep harmony and to keep love as the main thing that happens in our family so that when they when you need their support, we get their support, right? And we give support to each other. Okay? So what I want you to remember that it, you know, when you're about to get in when you're frustrated with your parents or with your brother or your sister or your dog, right? <laughs> You can always take a breath, right, like Claire does, walk away for a moment, and then you can always tell them what you're upset about without screaming or without doing something that could hurt hurt them, okay? All right? That's the best way. And, that, and so I hope that you do that, okay? Now, we are in the middle of summer. Have you guys done anything fun this summer? Camped up on the mountain. You camped up on a mountain? What mountain? My mountain. <laughs> Montour Ridge don't count. All right. Uh, where else did you? Have, what's the most fun you've done, Claire and Aaron? Um, uh, came here. You came here. Woo! Church is always fun, right? How about you? What's the most fun thing you've done, Jackson? Going to a birthday party. Yeah, you went to a birthday party last weekend. Yeah. Watched TV. Oh, that is fun. How about you? Go to Mount Pocono and babysit these kids. Oh, babysit and go to Mount Pocono. Well, wherever you go, we have been doing this Fulmer Everywhere thing where I want you to take pictures, okay? And send it to us and put it on our Facebook page. And and when you do, put it on your Facebook page, but put a hash mark, you know, the hashtag Fulmer Everywhere, okay? So that way we can see that God goes with us everywhere. God is everywhere. You don't always have to be right here to feel God. God is always present, whether you're at Mount Pocono or at a birthday party, and I guess even watching TV, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's close with a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for being with us wherever we are, whether we're in the in your creation or with our families. We ask you to bless us and continue to endow us with wonderful families so that we can see your grace through them and learn how to live more like uh, your son in our family so that we are given the gift and the tools to do so in the greater community. Lord, be with us always. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, thanks. Thanks, guys. A reading from First Peter. Wives, in the same way, accept the authority of your husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word, they may be won over without a word by their wives' conduct, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Do not adorn yourself outwardly by braiding your hair and by wearing gold ornaments or fine clothing. Rather, let your adornment be the inner self with the lasting beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in God's sight. It was in this way long ago that the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by accepting the authority of their husbands. Thus Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. You have become her daughters as long as you do what is good and never let fears alarm you. Husbands, in the same way, show consideration for your wives in your life together, paying honor to the woman as the weaker sex, since they are two since they too are also heirs of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing may hinder your prayers. The word of the Lord. Today's gospel is from the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 22, starting at verse 34. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the... In the law is the greatest, he said to him. 
You shall love the Lord with you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Today we continue with our sermon series on hope and a de- through the deep dive of um, Peter's first letter to the uh, Christians in Asia Minor. And today's text is actually right in the middle, in the heart of, the t- um, of his letter. And what I've learned after reading this text is that over the course of my ministry, I have encountered many pastoral care situations that required me to have a deeper look at the family context of the members of the congregation that I served. I've been struck by how much of our adult lives are haunted by the ghosts of our childhood. I see that truth in families that I have ministered to in every congregation that I've served. I see it lived out in families today. The love, or the lack thereof, follows us through our lives. The scars of our past, if left unresolved, are unattended, manifests in often unfavorable ways. I am struck by how true verses 5 and 6 of Exodus chapter 20 are. Remember, Moses is up at Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments from God. I imagine Moses sitting there, you know, with his chisel and hammer ready to, you know, to quote-unquote type out the words that God is speaking to him. So God begins by telling Moses, and thus all of humanity, that he is the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me, um, God says. Then he tells Moses, you shall not make for yourself an idol, and you shouldn't worship it or any other gods. Then Moses says something that I've been struck by ever since I first came across it back in elementary school, and I have seen it come true in my ministry. God tells Moses that after the third commandment, that for I am the Lord your God, he says, I am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and to the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. There are families that I know that I have that ha, that struggles with the same type of problems from generation to generation. Those families can't seem to break the cycle from the previous generations. Sadly, for some of these families, you can't you can almost expect it in the current and the upcoming generations. Some family struggles, though, make sense. Some families have been beaten down by generations of mistakes from their previous uh, generations, but some struggle with societal problems like apartheid, systemic racism, or classism that, that makes breaking through to the next level of society can almost be impossible. But other families, they know that how they operate is bad, but they don't seem to know how to break that cycle. I know of a family that is severely divided. Half the family won't speak to the other half. As far as I can figure out, no one has tried to bridge the chasm or know how to. When I first ministered to them, I learned that the parents and the grandparents did the same exact thing. There are different sections of this family that goes back for generations that won't speak to the other sections of the families. 
So when I worked with them, they seemed to have given up hope and actually have become distrustful of any other family members outside their immediate clan that they don't and you know they don't even now bother to find a resolution they i guess have made peace with it and have found a way to exist now albeit with deep resentment and distrust with the larger family and perhaps even with society so today's first reading is from St. Peter's first letter to the persecuted Christians in Asia Minor which as i've said is modern day turkey these Christians are going through a crucible of persecutions and terrible mistreatments. And according to first century historians like Josephus and Eusebius of Caesarea, these Christians were being persecuted by their neighbors and family members even. They were getting it from all sides. This little background information should help explain why then at the very heart of a letter that was intended to give hope to a group of persecuted Christians, a lesson on how husbands and wives should behave toward one another. They didn't seem to need marital counseling. They needed pastoral care. But like so much of the other epistles, this section can be seen as a piece of marital advice or it can be seen on a much deeper level. What it what hope can look like. In the context of the ancient Middle East, the family unit was seen as a microcosm of the larger universe. The parents were the sun and the moon, the children were the stars, and the extended family members were all the other planets. Everything in a family resolved around, or revolved around the interaction of the two great orbs of the sky. These two great orbs, with working in, uh, in common, working together, were perfect complements to each other. No one in the family would ever be without light if the sun and the moon of the family took their turns caring for the family. The light, which was seen as a metaphor for love, could be seen through the reflections of the children in the greater community outside the family. This light, or love, was the defining factor in a family, or so they thought. How much light or love did the children experience and how much of that could they bring out to their neighbors and to the larger community? I don't find it coincidental at all that the first century church was made up of small, family-sized congregations meeting in people's homes. To those early Christians, the home was where God was felt, the gospel was preached, and creation was often seen and experienced. So in the very heart of the letter, Peter stops his inspirational writing and focuses on the interactions of family members, especially the husband's and the wife relationship. We can, you know, we can make jokes right now about man and wife, husbands and women, what could, you know, um, but that would only cloud the purpose of this section of Peter's letter. Peter, wanting so badly to impress upon his readers the centrality of God in his readers' lives, that he, and, and so he wanted to impart to them that God is at the center of their existence, and he alone gives them breath and life. Thus, at the center of his letter, Peter takes us into a marital counseling session. Here he speaks to the wives first by reminding them of, of an ancient Jewish aphorism that says, A person heavy laden with jewelry is always hollow on the inside. It is so easy, then, according to Peter, to be distracted by the things of this world, which is what we also hear from Christ. If we start to focus on what others have, we lose sight of our relationship with God. If we compare our wealth and riches with our next-door neighbors, odds are we are left wanting. Instead, know 
We ought to know, according to Peter, that the inner self, the part of us that is completely and wholly focused on God, is the part that God values and, and wants to see the most. If beauty is our thing, then beautify our devotion to God through our service with others. Beautify our inner relationship with God and with others. If purity and reverence is our aim in life, then our inner self should take hold and compel us to pray, to love our neighbors, to serve those in need and neglect and forgotten. Then Peter, then Peter turns his attention to the husbands and reminds them that it is in their wives that the identity, that the family's identity and the, their future lies. Peter refers to the wives as the heirs of the gracious gift of life. In the sophisticated dances between the sun and the moon, or husbands and wives, the husbands may seem to be the main person in that relationship, but in reality, the wives is the holder of the future. And it makes sense. It is through the wives that children are born. It is through the wives that often a family experiences grace and love, for she shares it more with her children and the larger family. And according to Peter, the wives may not be the head of the household, as the culture of the time dictated, but wives were seen, and still do, as the glue that binds together the family. By using the image of husbands and wives, Peter is extolling his readers that they are to replicate their familial lives at all time, whether it's inside the home or out in the community. Knowing that God is the head of the family, and Christ is the gluing agent that binds them all, together, and that through Christ's death and resurrection, the future is not bleak, it's not one of torment, not one of persecution, but one of bliss in God's eternity. For Peter, a steadfast love and faith is the greatest source of hope that anyone in this world will ever experience, and it is in that hope that this world will, will be able to focus on the things that are important in this world, caring for neighbors, caring for families, caring for self, and focusing on our relationship and grounding our relationship on Christ. It is in that hope that Peter wants us to focus on. It is through the love of God that we then, in turn, gets hope and gets a vision of the future. In this time of craziness and frustration with the fallout of the coronavirus, I really invite you to recommit yourselves to Christ once again and to a future of hope and life and love. And in doing so, we show the world around us what healthy relationships can look like between husbands and wives, but also what hope is when we live in the grace that each other, when each family members share with each other. And in doing so, we show reverence for life, for our neighbors, and we show hope for a future that God continues to give to us. Amen. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now I just can't. It's easy to sing when 
confess our sins in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sins. 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Confident of your care and helped by the Holy Spirit, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. God of the harvest, you sow the good seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ into your field. Help your church throughout the world to be both diligent and patient, full of resolve and gentleness, that our witness may be faithful to your intentions. Lord, in your mercy. God of all space and time, your whole creation groans in labor pains, awaiting the gift of new birth. Renew the sky and renew the earth, sky and sea, so that all your creation experiences freedom from the bondage of decay. Lord, in your mercy. God of the nations, teach us your ways, that we may walk in your truth. Mend the fabric of the human family, now torn apart by our fearful and warring ways. Guide us by your mercy, grace, and steadfast love. Lord, in your mercy. God of hope, you accompany those who suffer and are near to the brokenhearted. Open our hearts to your children who are lonely and abandoned, who feel trapped by despair, and all who suffer in any way, especially Eileen, Herman, Natalie, Rob, Barbara, Bruce, Holda, Ava, Ray, Roger, Wilbur, Linda, Randy, Bobby, and Letha, Kay, Karen, Arlene, and Doug, Shirley, Edna, Thelma, Phyllis, Joanne, Carl, and Carol. Lord, in your mercy. God of the seasons, in the midst of summer, give us refreshment, renewal, and new opportunities. We pray for the safety of those who travel. We pray for those who cannot take the rest they need. Lord, in your mercy. God of life, those who have died in you shine like the sun in your endless kingdom. We remember with thanksgiving the saints of all times and places and saints close to us. Gather, gather us with them on the day of salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We pray today for the staff of Camp Mount Luther as it gathers for the 2020 summer camping season. Grant each staff member your Holy Spirit that the mission of your church may be edified in the work of the summer. Give them wisdom that your grace blossoms among the staff and their virtual campers. Strengthen them in their faith practices. Lord, in your mercy. In the certain hope that nothing can separate us from your love, we offer these prayers to you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, remember that in this crazy and uncertain times that the peace of the Lord is always with you. And then, of course, at this time, we tend to have the offering. And again, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for your continued prayer, support in every way possible, everything from your sweat to your finances to your continued prayers to just everything possible because in this weird times, we need all the support we can. And for that, I am grateful. And on behalf of, the, of both congregations of the parish, I am very grateful and are and um, and I feel your prayers, and I feel that God is always working through us to overcome the obstacles that this uh, COVID-19 continues to give us. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God the Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, bless you and keep you always in eternal love. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Air of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit. In his blood, this is my soul. This is my song, raising my savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Love